Welcome to the Around the World Beauty Podcast, a podcast committed to empowering women to reconnect with their heritage and beauty rituals inspired by women all over the world. We celebrate beauty brands and influencers that share with us their journey to beauty, creating a global impact on diversity, sustainability, and how we see beauty around the world. Whether you're beauty obsessed or have a penchant for travel, let us inspire you to make a beauty discovery of your own. Welcome, beauty travelers, to another episode of Journey to Beauty. Today, we're here with the founder of Lolly Beauty, Tina Hedges, who is the founder of an organic beauty custom blended brand. And she's here to tell us a little bit more about her journey to beauty. Welcome, Tina. Thank you, Stephanie. It's so nice to be here. I fell in love with your vibrancy and how authentic you were, and even more, just what your brand was going to become. And now we're here sitting and I want to know more about what Lolly Beauty is and how this vision came to life because I think everyone that's listening wants to know what's next. First of all, Stephanie, it was a mutual love at first sight. I remember our coffee meeting in the rain quite vividly and you and I had so much to share. Our um, kindred spirits were adventurers, especially beauty adventurers, and we really honor ancient rituals and traditions and we both come from Latin American and um, multicultural roots and so we just met on so many levels and to be here now a few months later and have the opportunity to share with your listeners of Around the World Beauty um, what our journey has been where we were and where we're heading is really exciting. And I think from when we first met and when I had done my research on what Lolly Beauty was, it's changed a lot since then. And so can you tell us a little bit more about what it was and now what it is? Absolutely. What we launched about a year ago was the first BIY or Blend It Yourself organic beauty brand. So what does that mean? We looked at beauty and realized that why couldn't beauty be like food? Why couldn't you blend your own remedies using food grade, sustainable, earth-friendly ingredients and um, have things that were fresh and also based on time-tested recipes and rituals? And so our first iteration was really just meant to be somewhat of a focus group to be really honest because we weren't sure what level of blending women were ready to do at home whether it'd be too complicated they didn't have time whether that concept would interest them so we launched a surprise three-month subscription box where you were able to get kits that we curated and we measured all the ingredients and we had recipes and whether it was for skin hair body or bath you'd be able to whip up your own treatments at home and the amazing thing is women found us, we weren't even doing any marketing. We got written up by the press. We shipped over 1,300 boxes. And so we recognize absolutely, women want to blend their own beauty. They want to have the power to control what they're putting on their skin and hair and really know everything in total transparency. So we knew we were onto something, but we also had some great learning and we realized Yes, for some women, it was a little bit too complicated. People wanted to be able to choose what they were blending, not a surprise, you know. So there was a lot of adjustments. So now we're in back in the our beauty kitchen, so to speak, and we're working on some amazing bases and mix-ins. And you'll be able to come and personalize on the site. So you'll be able to decide what products you want and then what you want to add to them and then we'll send it to you um, curated at home to blend. I love that. It's, you know, I think that's the most 
funnest part of beauty is the idea of mixing and combining and creating kind of a like a your own mixtures of potions and things and I think that we've gotten so far away from that that it's so nice to hear that there's a company out there that's willing to show you how you can blend it yourself and how you know how to go back to the natural way of beauty which actually started in the kitchen absolutely and you know we do workshops at around the world beauty and sometimes you know we're going based on blog posts and different things that are telling us do one teaspoon of this and one teaspoon of that and next thing you know it is a huge mess so to know that i can actually see the things measured correctly and be able to choose what's going in there that's so much fun like it sounds like an amazing slumber party activity or you know girlfriend getaway Absolutely. Actually, we had brides come to our site and buy eight or ten boxes at once because it makes for such a fun bridal shower gift. You know, being able to blend instead of just sitting there and watching someone open presents, like make a beauty product together. But um, it's definitely a powerful experience. But more than just being an activity, it's really about putting control back into your hands. Because what people don't realize is most beauty products are 90 to 95 percent water that's the main ingredient whether you're buying a conditioner shampoo a face cream a body lotion it's 90 to 95 percent water so whatever is in there is diluted and polluted right it has then nasties and preservatives and even clean beauty or green beauty isn't a hundred percent natural some organic brands have even ingredients that I don't necessarily love. Being able to really, just like cooking, decide what is it that I want to put in this and why am I putting it in and at what level and for what end benefit. So with your ingredients, when I first spoke to you, you mentioned that you have Cuban descent and that's awesome, a fellow Latina. Um, how did the ingredient process become such an essential part to your mission with Lolly? Because I know you share with me some stories of when you were a child. Can you share with us a little bit about what your experience was that you knew ingredients came first? So I have, just like you, a very unusual background. I, I am Cuban, but I was actually born and raised in Jamaica, West Indies, and lived there till I was eight. And I have very vivid memories of watching natural, not just topical beauty remedies, but ingestible beauty remedies and health and wellness remedies being made from the garden or from the sea ingredients. There was a story I think I shared with you, Stephanie, where my mom taught me at a very young age that if I got bit, bitten by a bee or something stung me to take three different leaves from three different trees and smush them together and then apply them to the, the bug bite and the inflammation would go down immediately. Now, that's amazing and it really works. Try it, like if you ever get bitten, don't like try to go get bitten, but if you never get, get bitten, it has to be three different leaves. So it's something about the chlorophyll of three different species of trees or bushes. But when you look at that and then you look at expensive remedies for insect bites or, you know, bee stings or things like that, like why are we commercializing treatments that we have known for antiquity, how to solve it with natural ingredients? I mean, big pharma is based on that. Most drugs that are being used, whether it's in cancer or other diseases, actually the original origin starts with an indigenous plant. And so I was exposed to this at a very young age. And 
then I flash forward, um, went into the beauty industry after college and worked at Estee Lauder and L'Oreal and had really important jobs with really fancy offices and great expense accounts and flew around the world to launch products or develop products and get trends. So I might find an ingredient in, you know, the outskirts of Tokyo and come back to the lab in France or in New Jersey and say to the scientists, can you take this white licorice flower and make an anti-aging lotion for me? And then they would polymerize it and molecularize it and give me this cream with 90% water and a little smithering of the natural extract, and then I would go and market it to women. But I would talk to them about the natural ingredient. I wouldn't talk to them about the silicones and you know the emulsifiers and the preservatives, right? So everything was based, all the belief is based on that natural source ingredient. And so I got to a place where I said, why can't we go back to that source ingredient? Why are we diluting it? Why are we commercializing it and synthesizing it? Isn't it better if you eat a raspberry fresh than eat raspberry concentrate that is full of corn syrup? It's the same thing. I love that. I, I mean, that's such an aha moment, like it's such an eye opener because it's so true. There's these products that like claim that the story is of such sort. And, you know, with Around the World Beauty, we are very committed to bringing brands like yourself to the forefront because you guys are brands that are really standing for the core, the truth, authenticity of what's out there in the beauty industry. So it just makes, you know, you sharing that with me just makes it so clear on why we're doing what we're doing because we're focusing on brands like yourself that are giving back, that are standing for the truth, and are just making a difference. Yeah, we have so much to talk about that it's sometimes hard as a founder to know what I should talk about um, because we really are delivering to the consumer and to the world a higher standard on every aspect. So for example, we say we're earth friendly. What does that mean for us? Well, number one, the way we source our ingredients. We try to go directly to original source of the ingredients. So for example, for prickly pear oil, we're going to Morocco to a fair trade co-op where the women actually are crushing the nuts and grinding the oil and we know every part of that process and how it's done and we know the quality and the level and the care and not just of the ingredients but also the workers. Then we look at the packaging and we say what can we remove? What is unnecessary? Do you really need a secondary carton and then a leaflet and then gold stamping and then cellophane and then a stick like what's essential to the packaging and what is not essential? And where can the packaging be reusable? And we're super excited about our new package direction. I can't tell you yet what it is, but you'll, it comes from food, all of our packaging. And we're even going to be introducing um, a material for some of our pouches that is compostable in 90 days. And we'll be the first beauty company to do that. And then when we look at the ingredients, we also say, how can we upcycle ingredients? Are there ingredients coming from food that um, we can upcycle and we have some of those ingredients. So we're particularly excited about a new face and hair oil ingredient that again, I can't really tell you what it is yet, but it is, um, we'll be one of the first to launch it. And it's coming from upcycling the, the seed that hadn't been used before from the food industry. So we really look holistically at every aspect in sourcing and producing. And then adding another layer to that, we are the first beauty company to be people free 
or made in a free world. So we use a tech platform to police our supply chain, make sure there's no people trafficking in anything we do, and then also that's our give back. End of the day, we believe that beauty cannot exist if there is not happiness. And so to build a beauty brand where we're not actually thinking about the happiness of the people on the planet, doesn't make sense to me. It's funny because as you're sharing this with me, one of the questions that I always ask everyone is, where do you see yourself in five years with your brand? But I get the chills is thinking about, is this where you saw yourself five years ago? Because it really seems like you created this brand very close to your heart, very intentional. So is this where you saw yourself? Did you have a vision of the way this would look right now? Or is it completely different than what you thought from the yeah. beginning? So that's a fabulous question. Thank you for asking it. And actually, that could probably be a whole uh, podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, its, on its own. So I've been a serial entrepreneur for the last 10 years after I left um, my very posh jobs in corporate beauty. I had a lot of success, but I also had some real challenges, some business partners that let me down in, in pretty significant ways, instances where I helped launch um, other startups and made a lot of other people money and sort of ended up on the wrong end of that equation and just really like challenge after challenge after challenge. And the last thing I thought that I would do is start another beauty brand. Number one, I was really disenfranchised by the beauty industry. I felt that I had participated in developing and sending out into the universe a bunch of product in plastic, which is really like a lot of goop in a bottle. And I felt like there was no heart and soul left. Like the beauty industry just became this industry. And we had gotten away from what beauty is all about, which is like connecting and feeling good about yourself. And on top of that, we spend millions of good and millions of dollars in advertising convincing women that they should be thinking about what they're going to look like in 12 weeks, but not connecting them back to that moment, you know? And so the whole industry as a large just really didn't resonate with my soul and my spirit. So as I said, I didn't believe I would start a new beauty brand. And one day I just had this aha moment and then I started trying to talk myself out of it. And I spent like three months researching and saying, here's all the reasons. And I wrote a business case study, like why I shouldn't start this beauty business. And, you know, I also consulted on the side. And when women or um, startups would come to me and say, I want to start a skincare brand, I would write a number on a piece of paper. And I would put that number in front of them. And I said, do you have this much money to, to lose? Mm -hmm. Because that's what it takes. So I know all the reasons. It's really difficult to, to be successful in, especially in skincare now, as a startup. But somehow every time I tried to walk away from this idea, the universe kept pushing me along. It's almost an angelic moment because then all of a sudden I started getting signs from the universe. Hearts would start appearing in things that I was doing where, when Lolly was involved. Literally, like I would be blending a body butter at home and I'd be thinking about, no, I shouldn't do lolly, I shouldn't do lolly. I'd leave my apartment, I would come back and there would be a heart in that body butter. Wow. I mean, and it got to the point that people around me started, it wasn't me imagining it, like they'd be like, Tina, do you see that heart over there? Like whenever lolly was part of a conversation or part of a thought process, a heart would appear. And I started to realize that I, I needed to follow my dharma and 
everything I had done in my life, both personally and professionally, from traveling the world, being fascinated with rituals and wisdom, studying Mandarin Chinese, learning about Chinese traditional medicine, just everything I had done, even my shaman work, everything was leading me to this moment. I guess that's a long way of answering your question, which is absolutely not. I did not imagine five years ago that I would be here. And I tried very hard not to be. I kept trying to fight it. But sometimes when you really find what your soul mission is and what your destiny is, things just flow. And now looking back, I realize why I had all those challenges is I kept trying to go in ways that weren't aligning with my soul mission. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, I'm like in awe because I can relate to that. I think as an entrepreneur, as someone who works in beauty, there's so many moments where you're like, I'm ready, trying to bring this passion forward. And that's when you get that one email asking you of something that you were dreaming of. And you're like, wow, okay, I got to keep going. Like, it's just like little moments. It's like, keep going. Like, it's little signs. What does Lolly mean? And where did that name come from? Yeah, so that was a divine inspiration moment too. I was thinking about, and you know, here I am a marketer, and I think that one of my skill sets that I excel at is branding. I was, so I had this idea, and I was like, I need a name. But what we know is it's almost impossible to find a name that's ownable nowadays and you can trademark almost, especially in beauty, like almost everything has has been trademarked. And I sort of got to the name backwards because I said, so what does this concept mean to me? And I started writing words down that I wanted the brand to represent. And one was loving and one was living one was organic and one was ingredients. And I just started to play around with those letters. And I realized that what Lolly was, was living organic, loving ingredients. That everything had to be fresh, super vibrant, minimally processed, as close to the earth as possible. There had to be intention and kindness and thoughtfulness in everything we do. You know, and ingredients are also your energy, your intention, your aspiration. So that's how I got to the name. And ever since then, it's it just stuck and people seem to love it and it just really rolls off the tongue. And I feel like sh- she has a personality all to herself. And with so many ingredients that you work with, which one is one that you can't live without? Like, what is the one ingredient that is your I'm, morning ritual, part of your everyday life? Yeah, I have fallen in love with so many. It's like some people have food porn. I have ingredient porn. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can I spend hours um, just researching, and I have so many books at home, and I love not only looking at ingredients and what, you know, recipes for beauty they've been used in before, but also like the magical alchem power of ingredients. So for example, we all know that aloe is amazing if you get burned, whether you burn yourself on a stove or you get sunburned. But did you know that its magical powers is protection? And in some countries, they hang aloe over the doorways to guard against evil spirits. So when you start to think about that and realize that, wow, it protects my skin, but it actually is an ingredient, is known for protection. I mean, there's just something so compelling and beautiful about that. So I think all ingredients are created equal. I love all of them, but my new fascination is date nut um, oil or date nut syrup. Date nut syrup is even um, more powerful as an antimicrobial or antibacterial than manuka honey. And date nut oil is an amazing skin emollient. Love that. And maybe it's because I just went to Dubai about uh, two months ago and 
it sort of got me in the mindset thinking about dates and looking at the history of dates and yeah. I actually just did Ramadan so we I did a day of Ramadan oh wow <laughs> we uh, at around the world beauty we try all all religions all cultures so we for the, we had to buy so many dates because that's what you eat yep. to sustain fasting throughout the days so and actually you know dates if you take a date one of the beauty rituals is to take a date and put it in water and let it soak overnight and then use that water just very much like in Asian countries they use rice yeah. fermented they use the water of the dates interesting so you're truly beauty exploring where you going you just said you got back from Dubai yeah. so what does it look like when you travel to these new places are you you know do you have a backpack are you going exploring for what the women are doing you know what's the process because you're full of knowledge when it comes to rituals and beauty traditions what is one of your favorite stories of searching for these stories I wish I could say and I wish I was one of those you know fabulous beauty travelers that just like needs a backpack and you know like roughs it in the forest I don't think that's quite me you know I definitely like my comfy bed and mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I'm absolutely adventurous in terms of trying anything and and going anywhere I I've loved to travel since I was very young I lived in China by myself in 1985 so wow. that was a really long yeah. time ago China was a very different country and I traveled around by myself you know that piece to me I love but my um, my favorite story of exploring beauty rituals was actually when I worked for L'Oreal and I went to Korea it was the first time I'd gone to Korea although I knew Asia very very well and had lived in Asia quite some time ago also when I got to Seoul I asked um, the concierge in the hotel like where was the best Korean beauty spa Mm. but not somewhere that tourists went and so he gave me the name and he kind of looked at me askew I went to this spa well it turned out number one no westerner had ever been there before nobody spoke English and the women kind of looked at me they didn't know what to do with me but then they hustled me into a room they undressed me they hustled me into another room and in the beginning I was like oh this is all really cool there were like different plunge pools of like green tea and volcanic mud and all sorts of different plunge pools and then they took me into a room where they did the Korean body scrubbing and I was like this is cool I've done this before like you know no one speaks English but it's all really cool well the next room they hustled me to was a tiny room with wooden chairs and they put on a cape that looked like a plastic cape that looked like when you go to get your hair colored and they kept pushing me to go sit down on one of these chairs and I look at the chair and there's like a circle in the middle that's cut out and I'm like I don't really understand but and meanwhile I'm naked under this poncho okay but okay and I sit on the chair my bottom over the hole and the poncho over the chair and the next thing I know they come in with a steaming bowl of herbs and flowers and they stick it under the chair and it was a JJ facial basically yeah and this is way before there was Kim Kardashian or anyone speaking about stuff like this. Yeah. I couldn't even tell anyone I had done this because imagine in 2003, people didn't talk about their VJJ. That to me was like, okay, there's so much we could learn from other countries and why aren't we discovering this and why aren't we talking about it? So yeah, I still love that story. <laughs> I love that story. It, I've, I've had one of those myself and I remember having to get naked and enter into my first bathhouse in Korea I remember that intense feeling of 
okay, I'm the only one that's of a different color yeah. and I look, my body's completely different, but I'm owning this moment. We'll have to go together one day and, and, so and go have another one. <laughs> they, yes, definitely. We always like to ask our founders if there's something that we can do to support the audience that's listening. You know, as women, I think that we have to stick together. I think that we need to support these businesses that are making a difference. What is one call out that you can share with us on how we can support your brand as it grows? Oh, that's so kind. Thank you so much. And I do believe we women have to bond together and help each other. What I would love is people to share, to ask their aunties, their grandmothers, their great grandmothers, their cousins, their sisters, their friends, their favorite beauty recipes from around the world and their heritage. Mm -hmm. And to either take a picture and tag us, which is at lolly, L-O-L-I dot beauty, or just write in to us. I'm Tina at lollybeauty.com and share them because I would like to collect these recipes Mm -hmm. and then maybe Stephanie you and I can do um, maybe one day we can curate a box together or an experience based off of our community's favorite recipes or you know there's lots we can do but I I feel like that knowledge is getting lost and I want to preserve it so that's so exciting I I can't wait to do that I'm gonna go travel and (laughs) ask all my aunts like what they do and make sure to tag you guys uh, because it would be amazing to see our legacy from all these different cultures come to life in such a powerful way. So so that leads me to our last question, which is what does beauty mean to you? I love the fact that you talk about beauty as a journey. And I think that in the Western world, we think beauty is a destination. It's an end point, right? Like, oh, I did this and so I look like this. To me, beauty is a state of being and I don't think it is a constant state of being. I think it's an ephemeral state of being. It's like happiness. You know, when you ask someone, are you happy? Well, you know, I had a moment of, I had a happy moment, right? Most people don't actually think that they're happy in the, when you ask them, right? And I think beauty is a little bit like that. And we have to try and capture a little bit more of those moments. And I think that that's why there's a fascination now with like blow dry salons, right? Because everybody gets like the second you feel you have a good hair day, it doesn't matter what else is going on. It's like, I look fantastic. I have a good hair today, right? But somehow the rest of our beauty rituals were so negative on ourselves. Like the first thing I said to you, don't take my picture. I didn't get a chance to put on any makeup today. Like, because I'm running around like a ragged entrepreneur and I barely have time to brush my teeth. We're just so hard on ourselves and I would love to redefine what beauty happiness is, right? And I think it's moments where you just feel great about yourself and it's less about like, do I have an age spot? Do I have a pimple? You know, it's more about the totality of how you're feeling about your life and how you're showing up for yourself. And that state of being translates into how you look. There's there's so much wisdom in everything that you just shared. It's definitely a mindset and a way of seeing beyond what you see. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being part of our podcast and sharing your journey to beauty. It's been an inspiring conversation. You are definitely on the top list of women changing the way we see beauty. And to you listeners, make sure you subscribe, go follow Lolly Beauty, join all her social media networks, and look out for her incredible products. 
This is the way to discover the deeper meaning of beauty and find beauty at source. So go explore Lolly Beauty and we'll see you next time on our next episode of